decor. This is it. This is it. This is the big one. The this- thousandth episode extravaganza. The moment we've all been waiting for. Um, the real Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> the real Anthony Hopkins is on the podcast today. Shall we just keep like promising greater and greater things for this episode <laughs> until the time runs out and we don't have to deliver on anything? <laughs> that would be good. On the, uh, the week spot, we used to have a segment where we said we'd be interviewing Steven Spielberg every week. <laughs> and it would just be us ringing him on Zoom for like minutes on end and then basically giving up. Did um, you genuinely try? Uh, well, no, of course, of course not. We don't have we don't have Steven Spielberg's Zoom number. Well, I thought maybe you'd like come across it through an unlikely chain of circumstances. No, and then we made up an assistant to him, and Cullen would call the assistant, and I'd pretend to be her and talk to him, basically doing a very bad impression of the receptionist from Ghostbusters. Um, did, was... did did anyone ever pretend to be Spielberg? Uh, no, I didn't think we could. Kind of... Oh, did we do that? I don't think we did. <laughs> would you? Do you know what? Let's make your dreams come true. Let's do it right now. I'll be Spielberg. You just go ahead. Hi, Mr. Spielberg. Hi, Matthew. Wow, you sound different to how you sound in the documentaries I've seen. I've got a cold. Nice. Um, how, how are the films? Just great. Great. I and mean, that's all I wanted to ask. I've made a lot of good movies. All right. I've got to go. Bye. Bye. Wow. He sounded a lot like one of the Sopranos, didn't he? <laughs> he sounded a lot like, well, he sounded a lot like one of the bad Soprano impressions. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. listener to episode 147 of the EWS or Electronic Wireless show uh, Matthew and Nate's half-assed game show special mm. the Electronic Wireless show is Rock Paper Shotgun's ostensible PC gaming podcast <laughs> and it is the only podcast that exists <laughs> Um, this this week, um, Alice is away once more in the world of spiders, and so it's just the boys. Um, but we've done this before without burning too many pizzas, mm-hmm. and I, I think we're good to do it again. So with me, of course, is uh, is Matthew. Hi, hello. Matthew. Hello, hello, Nate. How are you? Yeah, I'm quite warm over the magnificent, actually. Is it very hot where you are? Uh, my room is reasonably cool because it's quite, it's quite shady. The room I, f- I feel bad about is the room Catherine works in. She works upstairs and she's obviously got all like the mega rigs for the hardware testing. So it gets like super, super hot in there. And, you know, I'll, I'll go in there and the, the two cats would have just sort of liquefied into puddles <laughs> on the floor and Catherine's looking like death. It's... um. Yeah, it's pretty Actually, rough. 
Yeah, with her sort of like, you know, World War One submarine engine room conditions. <laughs> yeah. And then my like, you know, arbitrary tropical house. <laughs> yeah. With all these steaming vats of warm water. I wonder which of us has managed to make our working space more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deary me. Um, would you book a magician called Warmo the Magnificent? Uh, I don't know. War- something creepy about the idea of a warm magician. <laughs> you know? It sounds like a real... Like a 70s insult. Oh, he's a bit warmo, that guy. Y- you bloody warm magician. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's got a bit of that energy. You can imagine someone in an Australian pub calling you a warm magician, and it wouldn't be like, you know, it wouldn't be a horrible slur or anything, just some weird bit of local... Yeah. I think, because you'd probably, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you'd probably be hiring a magician for a children's birthday party, and the idea of, like, just like a warm man or woman, like with kids. I don't know, there's something off about that. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's not like, like you can only trust incredibly cold entities. No, but the, the mentioning the heat is, I would say, the alarm bells would ring. If you said to the other parents, like, we've got an emission coming and he's really warm. Yeah. <laughs> they might be like, I don't know if we can make it that day. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the most sort of... <laughs> Assuring adjective, is it? Yeah, like, he's really fun. Yes, sign me up. I want to go to that party. A fun magician. (laughs) But warm. Mm. Oh, no. Did you see there was actually, there was something very sweet I saw in a tweet where uh, a man was going to get married and for his bachelor party, um, his friends made him think they were going to hire him a stripper, which he wasn't really very comfortable with. Mm. And then they just hired him a magician. Right. So a magician showed up at his house and did tricks, and he was delighted. Oh, that's uh, nice. I, I so that, that could really go another cute. way, which is like they ironically hire a magician, and then that magician has the worst gig of his life because he has <laughs> to do it with just like a rowdy stag do, which would be a nightmare. That would be horrible, They'll actually. They'll just pull in all your tricks out of your sleeves before you've got a chance to dazzle them. Oh, silence of the lads. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be up for that at all. No. Oh, dear. I, I ate mem- a lot of ice cream on my stag do. Really? Yeah, I ate an awful lot of ice cream and felt quite sick because of all the ice cream I ate. What flavour was it, do you recall? Uh, a huge variety. Many different ice creams. I had a big ice cream dessert at a burger place, and um, my brother had bought some ice cream from a, a local ice cream parlor, which I liked. So, you know, he knew me, but he knows me very well, and he knows that I respond well to ice cream. Um, but, you know, I always feel like on stag days, because it's often like the only day off certain people, it's like the first night off someone's had in like five years. You feel like you have to like deliver extreme times for them, and ice cream isn't really that. Well, I'm glad you didn't book Warmo. That's all. I'm oh saying. yeah, that would be a nightmare with the ice cream. Do you like um? Do you like flavored milks? Well, like milkshakes or like. I'm being quite like- careful in my terminology here because when a lot of people think a milkshake, they think basically like melted ice cream, right? Where it's you really think it's more like stuff. Yazoo. 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I am I am yeah I'm fond of Yazoo. Um, I, I recommended a couple of weeks ago this milkman service we've got, and he delivers um each Thursday morning a banana, a strawberry, and a chocolate milk, and they're really thin and not that heavily flavoured. Mm. Like you could believe it came from some sort of like utopian cow, right? I, just, I love them. I love a thin milkshake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. nice. I like yeah, flavoured milks. Flavoured milk's the best. If you could oh. have any flavoured milk, which would you have? Like, you know, like Christ himself will make it in any flavour you choose. Oh, it's pretty, probably not that adventurous. Like, the ones that they tend to gravitate towards are the ones I like. You know, like, I like a strawberry milk. I like a banana milk. I'll settle for just a vanilla milk. I'm just going to apologise to the listeners. Probably quite blasphemous uh, if if you're a Christian to suggest I could just <laughs> command Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to make some flavoured milks. But you know, I am at least acknowledging that he'd be very good at it. He would be. I I think I'd ask for cherry. Oh, interesting. Cherry milk. I can't really imagine that. I can. Well, I've an got orange imagination milk than I. in Japan. That's why you're a published author and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, my my next book, everyone, The Cherry Milk Chronicles, is out, <laughs> out next week. Wow. Which bit of the Warhammer 40k universe does that connect to? It's the bit where uh, Roberto Golem and Primark of the Ultramarines stares into the camera and drinks a nine-pint vessel <laughs> of cherry milk <laughs> before belching and saying, delicious. <laughs> nice. It's key scene. Very honoured they got me to write that one. Well, actually, we might as well, um, you know, I, I think it's no secret we're, uh, we're having the Half-Assed Game Show special this week, so we're going to be doing a little Half-Assed Game Show for you all. But before that, should we talk about PC games a little bit? Yeah, I mean, PC games may come into some of my game show bits, so... Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, no, we're on we're on theme. Yeah, um, I think we're on theme. <laughs> but what what have you been playing this week? Out of interest, uh, I'm currently playing the uh, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which is coming out on PC in a few weeks. But the preview embargo is up, so I can talk about it. It's one of the Ace Attorney games. Are you familiar with the Ace Attorney games? I am, but mostly through their cultural footprint rather than having played them. Yeah. So it's, it's the defense attorney sort of puzzle adventure game. I'm Except- still reeling because I thought you said the great ape attorney. <laughs> <laughs> now that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no way you wouldn't know that existed if it existed. <laughs> um, you probably would have had a hand in making it. Um, the lore of the jungle. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is this is the Ace Attorney. So def- yeah, you're a defence attorney, but this is set in Victorian London, and you're kind of teaming up with Sherlock Holmes. So it's you versus the baddies, and then in between your trials, you kind of you know run around London with Sherlock Holmes, solving up sort of mysteries based on his famous stories. It's a, a really good laugh if you like Ace Attorney and or Sherlock Holmes. I feel. The universe has really punished you by withdrawing Alice for this week because she would have oh. a lot to say on that, whereas me, with my 
Uh, Famous warmth for detectives. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm useless here. Um, You've heard of Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, he's the dog from uh, the Flintstones. That's right, that's (laughs) right. It's you Uh, and the dog from the Flintstones solving crimes in Victorian London. And the dog's just wigging out because obviously the level of technology is so much beyond what it was in the Flintstones. He has no idea what's going on. Actually, there wasn't even a dog in the Flintstones. They had a pet dinosaur and a saber-toothed cat, didn't they? Oh, well. well but you mind go. you, Flintstones reboot in Victorian London. Sign me up. Oh, what, Fred, what, having to just sort of climatise to the, the tech level? Yeah. Well, that'd be pretty good. And they've got, like, dinosaurs as chimney sweeps and stuff, bringing weirdly, a whole new dimension a, of Labour politics to I it. Think, the thing is, weirdly, he, he would have had a better life in the caveman period than in the Victorian London. Yeah, yeah, but famously. I mean, he doesn't um, have, like, he's not... You know, he's, he's, he's like, he's, 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 he's doing fine. I wouldn't say he's, like, affluent enough to be, like, he's not as aristocracy, you know. I've been reading, um, no, I've been watching a load of lectures recently. Oh, yes, that's something I can do for my recommendation at the end. Um, about um, Mesopotamian history. Right. And it's just really hit home for me how rubbish farming was as an idea. Right. Because obviously, you know, it allowed civilization to get very massive but like early agriculture was god awful Mm. like no one would have chosen to do it they don't think it's probably you know was a desperation tactic and then you know turned out to to be not bad as a long game but the the first farmers were just like shriveled like dying ghouls compared to these sort of Amazonian hunter gatherers who were still doing just fine. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just like the Flintstones. Just like the Flintstones. Uh, I've been playing uh, Total War Warhammer 2. They got the new DLC out. Is that good? It's, I mean, I, I never fail to enjoy one of their DLCs. Um, Although I have to say this one features possibly the most reckless bit of game design I've ever encountered. Really? Yeah, I love it. So every time they've got like a new lord uh, for, you know, one of the factions who has like special rules um, Mm. that makes the game really different. So uh, one I really like, the Warden and the Paunch. Um, uh, the, the, The Paunch of the title was a vast goblin. Um, who, like, he was great, actually. Like, I, I thought it was just going to be really mean because he was a very fat goblin. But no, he just loves being the biggest goblin ever. Great. And he's, he's just a weirdly uh, body positive. Uh, but his whole thing was going around. And you had to collect sort of ingredients to make uh, potions that would buff your army. You know, just things like that. It usually makes sense. Mm-hmm. This one... One of the heroes is called Torox, the brass bull. He's a Mm -hmm. giant bull made of brass. And his special rule is, at any point, you can press a button to take another turn for free. And it doesn't limit you. Well, you know, you can move another turn's worth across the campaign map. Right. And it doesn't limit the amount of times you do it. And every time you do it, you get stronger. <laughs> right. 
It's it's the most busted thing I've ever seen. It's like, have you ever seen that video, which is Shrek, but every time he step, takes a step, the footage speeds up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Imagine that as a mechanic. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like balance-wise, it's completely busto, but I'm having the time of my life with it. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm just this sort of magnetically accelerated minotaur, <laughs> devastating entire continents before other people can even breathe. <laughs> Lovely stuff. They'll probably patch it, but I kind of hope it stays broken for a while. Nice. Maybe they were inspired by the Shrek video. I like to think. They were I like, like to think so. You want a mechanic with this energy? <laughs> this Creative Assembly CEO just like sitting in bed one night, binging on YouTube. He's like, wait, that's it. This is what we need. Who's this green guy? <laughs> Maybe Get no one else has office. seen it, and I can claim I invented it. <laughs> I've invented this green ogre who walks faster with every step, and everyone's like, oh, awkward. <laughs> That's Shrek. We've known about him for years, mate. <laughs> All right, then. A sailor who drinks lettuce through a cigarette. Uh, yeah, I might be a bit close to the bone of uh, Popeye there, Chief. <laughs> Oi. Right. Um, if I, I, suppose, I see what, if I, if I yeah. ever had kids, I would tell them that I invented lots of cool stuff that I hadn't. I, honestly, the the amount I just I just say things to tally uh, to entertain myself, and I'm only just starting to think about the repercussions this will have <laughs> for her worldview. It, it's so so reckless. Like we um we're visiting family uh, in Sussex, uh, not Sussex, Suffolk, the other week, and we drove past a massive water tower. And it looked like a big egg cup. And I uh, said, oh, he's not there. And so he said, who? I said, oh, the giant egg who usually lives in that egg cup. <laughs> he must be roaming the landscape. His name is Pushkin because he pushes <laughs> things over. <laughs> and, yeah, I thought, oh, no, now she genuinely might believe in a vast egg called Pushkin. Well, that's, that's quite whimsical and fun. I'm, I'm talking more cynically, like... You see Peppa Pig, I created that. <laughs> and so she just th- thinks you're super impressive because of all the things you've achieved. Like, that's the thing. It would all be, like, nonsense achievements. Okay, I like that. I like that. So rather than instilling an amazing imagination, I think I'd just turn them into a liar. <laughs> and then at school, you have to keep going in for parent- parent-teacher meetings because they're like... Your child is a liar. Where did this deceitful child come from? And it's like, oh, yeah, it was probably me. I told you I invented that Pokemon. Mr. Castle, the inventor of the onion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good times. Great pizzas. All right, then. Do you want to do a game show? Let's do a game show. All right. So... Um, I guess we need a reason we're doing a game show. It's our it's our summer summer midsummer games. Yeah, like the Olympics. Only it's two men engaging in one barely competitive activity. Other than that, it's identical to the Olympics. 
If I knew more about sports, I could drop a sick burn on one of the disciplines right now, but I can't think of which sport is imp- unimpressive enough to burn. Well, should you, do you know the old uh, traditional Mongolian Olympics? Uh, no. It's really cool. Uh, they just do wrestling and horse riding and shooting. Mm. Just those three. And the wrestling's really brutal because they just do it on, like, meadows, but... There's like rocks in the meadows. Oh, jeez. So if you just fall on one of those, that, oh, that's it. Does that mean The Rock wins? <laughs> yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson that's, swells that's the, the winner's podium is just three lumps of flint <laughs> that, that paralyzed three dudes horribly. I would be really frightened to wrestle there. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we're only wrestling with concepts today. Nice. Uh, because the game we're going to play is called Sweeten the Deal. Um, and shall I, shall I do a little explanation for the yeah. listeners? Um, so this is a game that I made up to pass the time at an airport once, and it starts with you coming up with a, a task for the other player to agree to undertake. It's an unpleasant task. And then you agree a sum of money um, that they would accept to do it. So actually, should we, should we play one out and, 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 and show how it works? Mm. Uh, so for our initial game, uh, we'll go with the, the, the test one that I came up with for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't a PC games one. Uh, how much would I have to pay you? to sleep in Kennington Underground Station in London for a full month with only a sleeping bag. Mm. To which I say... What's your price? Well, I I can get a lot of money for this. Um, Well, I have to agree to pay it to you. We have to start off on a reasonable Oh, okay, so I can't just be like 10 million. Yeah, no, it has to be something you think would be worth it and I think would be worth paying to watch (laughs) you endure it. (laughs) 20,000. Um, should we start at 17? Oh, already with the bartering. Okay, 17. We're agreed on 17, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So now I get, I'm, my objective is to sweeten the deal mm-hmm. and get Matthew to a position where he's either being paid a pathetic sum of money to do it or actually doing it for free or even paying for it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the most humiliating way for this game to end up is to, to, to talk, um, the other player into paying a tiny amount of money to do something dreadful. (laughs) So I I get five things I can offer Matthew with a set price. There's no haggling on the price. I can just offer an inducement and a price, um, you know, that it knocks off the amount he's being paid. And he can take or leave them, and I've just got to get him as low as I can mm. with five steps. All right? Mm-hmm. So I guess you'll want a tent down there for a start, all those commuters bustling past you. Oh, well, yes, uh, please, definitely. And you don't want, like, hooligans kicking through it, so I'll give you Vin Diesel as a guard for that tent. <laughs> okay. But I'm halving... No, 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 I'm not halving. I'm taking away seven grand. So I'm only giving you 10 grand, 
right? Rather than seventeen, but your own, you know, you get a tent and Vin Diesel to guard it. Yeah, because I instantly feel safer. I also get to spend a month talking to Vin Diesel, which is probably interesting. You'd really probably become great friends or terrible yeah, enemies. Yeah, I mean, we'd bought, like, that's longer than, like, some film shoots. So we'd probably become pals, and that could lead to anything. All right, then. So, um, yeah, got you down to 10K, one shoot. That's not bad. What about um, you're allowed, you've got a long pole, and you're allowed to trip up one commuter each morning without repercussions? I mean... But that's going to be another four grand off. Well, well, so I'm just paying four grand to be able to just hurt some random dude. <laughs> you know, you find some rudo or like, you know, uh, real, real bad guy. No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, that one was greedy. <laughs> I'm not in, well, I just don't like that. Just, I just don't want to hurt you. <laughs> I don't want to pay for the pleasure of tripping over a stranger. So as part of the challenge normally, <clears throat> you'd be given a supply of, like, <clears throat> nourishment tablets to keep you alive. Yeah. Okay, if you agree to do it for only five grand, right. I'll give you uh, an animatronic butler uh, who looks... Uh, what's the, what's a cool, cool animal that you like? Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, it looks like your cat. Oh, yeah. But in the form of a man. Uh, but it doesn't look like a fursuit. And it goes, <laughs> it goes to bring you your favorite foods from the overworld and silently deposits them in front of you. And you've got the use of that um, for six grand. So you'd be, you'd be being paid four grand, but you'd get an animatronic cat man <laughs> That would fetch you any food you wanted, mm. any time of day or night, within reason. What do you reckon to that? Mm. That's, I mean, that feels like some good eating. I'd be doing some good eating for a month as well. Absolutely. For four grand. Mm. Yeah. In your, in your tent. Want a bit of this steak, Vin? Yeah, I'd be up for that, yeah. All right, so you've been paid four grand, sleeping in a tent, Kennington Underground Station. You won't be tripping up any commuters. You're hanging out with Vin Diesel and animatronic cats bringing you food. I've got two stabs left to get you down to nothing. What about... Um, oh, I've got you now. I'll only give you a grand, but you can have Wi-Fi. Mm. Because that's the thing, it's an underground station. You wouldn't have that. Yeah. I know there's probably Wi-Fi at some stations now, but um, I've not lived in London now, so let's just pretend there's not. I don't know. We're getting into realms of, like, I'm not, like, I'm not making a lot of money to be kind of slightly uncomfortable. Uh... Yeah, but then you're lumbered with all this and you're not going to have any internet connection for a month. And we all know how millennials need their internet connections. Yeah, all right then. You're going to do it for grand? Yeah, I'll do it for a grand, but the food, the Vin... I I think I'm going to actually profit from being friends with Vin Diesel, weirdly. (laughs) Like, he might get me a job on the next Fast and Furious. Um, Okay, your last one then. Um, You're allowed... 
you're allowed to make one visit above ground every day, but you've got to pay a fiver to do the whole thing. No. No. Yeah, that was too desperate. I didn't, <laughs> didn't get you close enough. <laughs> but that's how the game works. It's almost functional, right? It's almost functional. <laughs> I mean, someone could just sit there and be like, no, no, no and just accept the big money for the original task. Yeah, I mean, it's not a competitive sport. It's more, um, it's more of an exercise in scenario construction. Hmm. Um, yeah, if this was an actual game show, you'd just end up with like Noel Edmonds in tears. In tears. He's like, oh, come on, please do it for less. That's the whole concept of the show. And I'm like, no. Just play, please. <laughs> Blobby, get in. <laughs> right then. Um, do you want to have a go Go with me? Yeah, See how right. fair? Okay. Um, so that, that, how much... How much would it cost that from now on you are only allowed to write books set in the Need for Speed universe? So, okay, Need for Speed. There's no fantastical elements there at all, is it? <laughs> no, it is just car racing. That is devilish. Um, so ever, I mean, I'll, you're I'll, never allowed to oh. write anything other than need for speed fiction and do i have like do i have the rights to the ip yeah you do yeah okay okay well there's gonna be some i'd still say there's gonna be some bartering with ea on like every decision you want to (laughs) make this is nightmarish Um, because the thing is that's got actually quite serious financial implications for my career so (laughs) yeah it's like if i was a boxer it's like how much to replace your hands with salami yeah um no it's a good one i like this okay uh i'm gonna be really optimistic about my future as an author here um i'm gonna say i'm gonna need 50 grand for this one okay to be the need for speed guy. So you're going to pay 50 grand, Neil. That's it. No more writing about Warhammer. Well, yeah, because I figure what I'll do is I'll gradually evolve the need for speed universe. Okay, um, interesting. You know, interesting. just make it really avant-garde. I think this is doable. Okay. Okay. Um, so I've got to sweeten this deal. Yeah, you've got to, got to make me... I mean, to be honest, I think I'm being very generous doing this for 50 grand. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's reasonably generous. Um, right, let's think of some deal sweeteners. I'll take... For five grand less, I, as EA, uh, I will allow the cars to talk. Oh, okay, that's pretty huge, actually. I will definitely take that. Shit, I should have done that for bigger. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a 10% knockoff to make the whole task that much more bearable. I'm happy with that. Oh. Noel's grimacing. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm not very good at this game. (laughs) See, there's there's more to it than you thought, eh? Oh, I I should have saved that as a bigger one. See, it's a bit like that card game where you have to guess whether the cards are going to be bigger or smaller. Is that yeah. blackjack? I don't even know. It's like that, but with 
Nonsense. Yeah. Okay. For for twenty k less, um, you can expand it into a cinematic universe. So you Whoa. can you can start adding like other people from outside the 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 Need for Speed. You know you can add like actors and characters and. Okay, what pool am I drawing from? Anything done by EA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll let. I'll let you cross pollinate. That's 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 a better one. So the book still needs. In you know, the novel would still need to be called like Need for Speed Genesis. But it exists within the expanded EA universe. Okay. So if I wanted, um, this is very very funny. I'm suddenly drawing blank on characters from EA games. <laughs> well, I don't. Know. I don't think. I don't <laughs> um, no, I t- no, actually, can I take that sweet deal sweetener back and offer you something else? Okay, yeah, because I was, I was just starting to realise the immense catalogue of games made published by EA. Yeah. For 10k less, you can also include any footballer in FIFA. Oh, okay. Now you tapped into my famous love of football. Um, so is, is sorry, is the twenty grand reduction still on the table? <laughs> no, no, that's a wider thing. I feel like I should save that for a later option. Okay, so it's just ten k, for... but you get you get a huge cast of of um, characters to play with. I mean, I will be desperate. <laughs> Um, for stuff other than Need for Speed to write about. So if I don't take it now, I'll just regret it later. Yeah, sure. I will take the 10K on that. So I'm down to 45... Uh, sorry, no, 35K now, aren't I? 35K, and you can write about Need for Speed cars and footballers from FIFA. Yikes. Mm. And what was, the, what was the first stipulation you made? I could do something else, couldn't I? The cars can talk. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have given that away for so cheap. I mean, that basically turns this into Transformers and... Oh, like, God damn it! You know? Uh, okay. The, for, for 20k off, these are audiobooks read by Anthony Hopkins. Oh! <laughs> 20k, Matthew. Yeah. I'm sure the novelty would be good once. But, I mean, he'd probably hate them. He has to do them. It's in a contract. You've got to write these things for the rest of your life, and he's got to read them for the rest of his life. I mean, my negotiations with Sir Anthony Hopkins, that's that's not on this pod. That's that's happening separately with a team of lawyers. With all the best... Will in the world for his health. I think I will outlive him, though. <laughs> well, there you go, then. then. Then what happens then? Are you free of the whole contract? Does this whole thing collapse when Anthony Hopkins dies? <laughs> I tell you what, if you wanted to push further, like, because I'm not going to take this one as it stands. <laughs> right. But if you want to amend and add a weird freedom if Hopkins dies clause, then... 
I've got a really difficult moral decision to make. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I am going to do that. So 20K, audiobooks, Sir Anthony Hopkins, but when Sir Anthony Hopkins finally passes away, you are free of the whole endeavour. Oh my goodness, though, isn't this basically an inducement to end the life of Anthony Hopkins? Um, oh, I will take it, though. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's me down to... Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a real dark wing duck, that one. Mm. Okay, so we were at 35. And that's down, down to 15. Yeah. Oh, okay. You've got two more to go, haven't you? T- two more to go. So currently you're writing about talking cars. You've got some footballers to play with. Anthony Hopkins reads them until he dies. <laughs> and I could probably, like using the Vin Diesel gambit, I could probably become friends with Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Nito, if you're reading another one of your unusual car soap operas. <laughs> I quite like the little bit where Ronaldo gets into an argument. With a McLaren F1. <laughs> Very droll. <laughs> Surely he, there would always be a tension between you because he knows that in the contract that like his, his death is going to signify this kind of freedom for you. So we'd get into the recording studio and he'd never, ever speak to me from not behind the like really thick glass. Well, that's the thing. He knows what you secretly want. Okay. I regret to inform you I'm feeling very healthy today, Nate. <laughs> yeah, just to spite you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he's got a good 10 years left in the tank. Oh, I should hope so. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I'd actually be really upset if he expired. So I would be in, I'm just in a dark place, whatever happens. This is a great trap you've put me in. This is, <laughs> this is, this is top-level professional <laughs> sweet in the deal. Right. right now, you've got two, two steps to try and make me pay for it. <laughs> yeah. What would make this incredibly attractive to you? I mean, I guess you could look at, like, um, you know, how the books are marketed and promoted and stuff. Um, okay, at the moment, I'm go, a bit like, worried they won't like, sell many copies. This is the thing. I'm going to say, what about... So for the remaining 15K, it guarantees that there will be such a promotional push behind these books, you will be a, you will become like the number one best-selling author in the world. You, your, your reputation will be instantly made, but through this connection with the Need for Speed universe. I mean... Just, does the quality of the books factor in? It, yeah, I know. Imagine you're gonna. Imagine you're gonna do a really great job, but they are really. They're gonna push these with like influencers or whatever. The marketing campaign is gonna be so massive. It's basically like a guarantee. They're gonna be. They're gonna be absolutely massive. So you're gonna be forever associated with this. Is Mr. Beast gonna promote them? Mr. Beast is gonna. Yeah, he's gonna give away a million copies to his pizza delivery boy. <laughs> And that's for all the remaining money. That's for, yeah, so you're now not being paid anything to write Need for Speed novels until Anthony Hopkins dies. I'm 100% taking that because the royalties will probably <clears throat> see me live incredibly comfortably long after Anthony's death. Right. Sir Anthony's. Okay. That's, uh, that's actually an economically sound deal. 
Okay. So no no money up front to be forever associated as the author of the Need for Speed universe. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got one step left. Do you think you can make me f- to pay for this honor? Uh, how can I make you pay? <laughs> what could possibly tempt you? Uh, I mean, maybe some, you could offer me some sort of, um, so you, you're playing this right, which, you know, a dreadful way to play this game is, and I'll throw in a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's piling in free stuff at this point. Yeah, it can't be material goods. It has to be, you know, a a situation. It has to be tied to this project. Yeah, this is why the London Underground one's always a good example, because, like, you know, it's just a wilderness to start with. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a difficult stipulation, because basically once once Hopkins is dead, you're you're, you're now a big name in literature, and you can do whatever you want. I tell you what, I'll pay if you put me on the GCSE syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> so, like oh, British I- teenagers have to study the Need for Speed FIFA verse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's. I right, listen. You sweetened your own deal, but that's that's a, that's a great shout. <laughs> for 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 five, will you pay five thousand pounds? To force kids to read your Need for Speed books, well, they won't have to read them because they have to listen to Anthony Hopkins <laughs> reading them. Incredible! In fact, would they be published only as audiobooks? That, yeah, that is it. Yeah. Does he have to make the car noises as well? Yes. Vroom! <laughs> it's really degrading. If anything, he longs for death. <laughs> vrum vrum! Said the. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I'd only know about six different fast cars. Mm. Um, yeah. What, do you know anything about cars? Uh, no. Can you drive? Uh, yeah, although I haven't driven in probably, oh, I don't know, 15 years. Really? Yeah, I'm a very bad driver. And so I just try to avoid it if I can, which is t- terribly lazy of me, I know. But No, I respect it. I can't drive at all. I failed, like, nine driving tests. Before I'm terrified I f- of driving. Before I finally passed, and the odds are against me, I think. Nine? Mm. Beast mode. Yeah, that's like one in ten driving instructors think I should be driving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I just don't want to be in control of a huge piece of metal that can kill me and or anyone around me at any moment. Mm. I mean, you're not going to be able to like print any of that that uh, weak source stuff in these Need for Speed novels. <laughs> that is yeah, not I'm... what the audience wants to hear Anthony Hopkins reading. <laughs> <laughs> if they find out my secret, I'm a goner. Oh, wait, but you can't be a goner. You're contractually obliged. <laughs> Even if everyone turns against me. Even, yeah, because that's... Um, what a mess this is. You're going to be forever associated with this series. People are going to hate them. They're going to hate them because they know that you don't, you're not into cars. They're going to hate them because they were forced to study them on the GCSE <laughs> syllabus. And because they played a part in the death of like <laughs> National Treasure Sir Anthony Hopkins. And worst of all, when they find out 
that hopefully, because you haven't agreed to it yet, you'd pay for the pleasure. But like, how does this fit in with me definitely becoming a number one bestseller? Because it's a promotion. It's a law passed. The people have to buy one. (laughs) No, they just promote them. So it's such a successful promotion machine. It's It's the same logic by which they push FIFA to the top of the charts. Like every single house household has to buy each new one. Yeah. Or like the animated portrait of Mr. Beast in the corner of the room comes to life. Yeah, basically. Because that's the future. Mm. All right, that was cracking round. Uh, I've got another one for you. Fancy it? All right, so I know you've got a nostalgia for old gaming magazines. Oh, yeah, I love them. All righty, Matthew. So I. I'm going to make a financially indestructible publishing house. (laughs) Like, it's got a money reactor that just creates money, so it will never go bust or get bought or, like, make redundancies or anything. It's just, like, you know, because that's basically what publishing houses tend to do in print. Mm. This one somehow won't, Mm. ever. And it makes one magazine which is the magazine that you're the editor of. Mm-hmm. And it's a games magazine that you have complete editorial control over. However, it's about microtransactions and the Epic Store. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things you can write about. <laughs> And you have to seem really enthusiastic. <laughs> um, how much? How much would it cost me to get you to do that? Uh, Should we say this time? Let's shake it up and talk about it as an annual salary. Okay, so my salary to edit a a completely safe magazine like a, a, i never have to worry about the stress of losing this mag but it has to be about microtransactions and the epic game store yes that's right the two least popular talking <laughs> points on the internet um well oh, also no difficulty in games as well oh, that as well <laughs> all your favorites uh, it's like Hot Takes, official Hot Takes magazine. It's called Discourse, but with a K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, though, I feel like I'd actually, like, I would pay quite a lot to be, like, free of having to worry about, like, the pace and the tone of the internet. So maybe I- I'd be able to, like, turn, the, you know have a positive conversation about these topics because I'm not on the internet anymore. Um, so, like, I, um, yeah, I would make this mag for, like, you know, I don't know, 40K a year. Yeah, okay, I'll pay you that. Yeah. Um, should we listen to a quick advert? Let's do it. I have a sneaking suspicion that you're a big fan of independently made video games. If you're looking for a few to stick on the wish list before they launch, then you should watch Indies Uncovered, which is happening this week as part of PAX Online East. On Thursday the 15th of July, Friday the 16th of July, and Saturday the 17th of July, you can watch myself, Colm O'Hearn, and Matthew Castle play some indie games. On those days I've already mentioned, 
just go to twitch.tv forward slash PAX2 at 5.30pm BST and you'll be able to see us play some indie games. Isn't that nice? We'll be playing through three indie games on each day for an hour and it's definitely worth a look because you never know, you might be taken by one of the games that we play. So once again, because they say repeating things is good, this Thursday, Friday and Saturday, starting at 5.30pm and finishing at 6.30pm UK time, myself, Colm and Matthew will be playing through some indie games as part of Indies Uncovered on twitch.tv forward slash PAX2. Go there, it'll be fun. Games. Independently made. Yes. Alright then. Um, okay. Oh, now do I get out my big guns first? I feel like I blew the talking cars thing. Um, yeah, no, you've you got to start with the, the smaller things, haven't you? I was actually discussing this with Catherine last night. I was like, what game would Nate be like the most upset to have to write about and it was really quite hard to find something which had not an ounce of whimsy in it and need for speed was it yeah i mean i have to say actually that was a that was a a direly accurate choice (laughs) like those games are like my idea of a nightmare (laughs) just entirely sort of like gray mundane games (laughs) about machines going quickly in reality (laughs) I have no need for speed. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it it repels me. (laughs) Um, An aversion to speed. (laughs) That would be the name of the first book. I could see Anthony Hopkins reading that. (laughs) An aversion to speed by Nate Crowley. (laughs) Harry awoke with a start. There was a silhouette of an owl in his window. (laughs) It looked quite transphobic. Then in walked Count Trucula. Vroom, he said, scowling at Lionel Messi. I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's, it's <laughs> cut to the classroom and the teacher saying, what does this teach us about catharsis? <laughs> <laughs> A thousand kids roll their eyes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Your salary's 37 grand a year. Mm-hmm. But I write you a column about Need for Speed every month. I mean, I don't no, know okay. if there's any, fr- any freelancer who's, who's so good that I'd take a pay cut for them. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's, that's bold. <laughs> okay, that's a terrible one. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about an aversion to speed. In fact, this is horrible. The more I'm thinking about it, the more like <laughs> my idiot ADHD dog brain wants to start writing Need for Speed fan fiction now. <laughs> um, okay, right, thirty-seven grand a year, but um, you can no, okay, thirty-two grand. Okay, but once a month you can call on any human on Earth to write a page of editorial for the magazine. Mm. And they will have the time and they will get it in on time and they won't get someone else to write it for them. It will be them. But it has to be about microtransactions, Epic Games Store and difficulty. Yes, that's right. Again, like, I feel like this is basically an invitation for me to make friends with anyone on the planet which is no, quite a you power. have 
You have no communication with them. Oh. Just like a like an alabaster titan appears in their room at midnight <laughs> and like hauls them from bed by the scruff of their neck, sits them at a laptop, is like, You must write about the Epic Games store. Right. And they won't let them go back to bed until they're done. And then the Titan emails it to you. You I could mean, do that to the no queen. Fun. Like if 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 I got to like interact with them, I could understand, you know, because I, you know, I'd get to talk to Steven Spielberg. I don't want to just harass Spielberg with a an alabaster Titan. Well, I mean, they get asked politely first. There's a series of escalating intrusions into their life, <laughs> ending with the Christmas Titan. Carol energy. <laughs> yeah, the Titans for those people who just really won't take it seriously. You'll be visited by three increasingly scary commissioning editors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, Ryan Reynolds would probably just respond to the, I don't know, uh, the weird Muppet, which is I, the first thing I that shows up. While I like the idea of sort of harassing celebrities with these sort of golems, uh, <laughs> I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if it's worth 8K of my salary, so I'm probably going to say no to that. Yeah, first, first emissary is a Muppet. The second one is pearlescent golem. <laughs> And the third one is the alabaster tights. <laughs> it's such a shame you didn't take that. Uh, <laughs> is that my first attempt? Yeah, that's your first attempt. Okay. Um, this is a good space filler, this game. Right, okay, four more. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Um, okay. All right. I'm going to bust it down to 30. But each month, you can manifest a game at will to appear on the Epic Store so you can write about it. Oh, okay. Doesn't even have to be a game that exists. I, I mean, so the power to make any game happen and any game that I can then play and cover as I see fit in my mag. Yeah. You can I write think about so. it once. Yeah, but that's still, that's an, I get to play it and. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee as to the quality of it. Like, no, so but if you I, say I think like, the power to, to power to make a game manifest is is like regardless of the other what's going on elsewhere in my life is pretty astonishing. So I, I yeah, I would do that for thirty. Okay, bear in mind though, if you're like, okay, I want a Mario game to come out for PC, like it could be made by like two criminals and be about. Mario as a vet destroying dogs, you know, I mean, it might be just horrific. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I could, I think I could manipulate this rule to make it like well worth my money. Okay. Interesting. Basically, I'm just, I'm just trying to make you a sorcerer. Um, <laughs> all right. 30 grand. And I got three attempts left. Um, I like this idea of like, people thinking i wish we could shut down this unstoppable publishing house because there's a wizard there who can basically terrorize anyone he wants with a series of emissaries and he can make any game appear <laughs> well actually no i didn't opt for the power to terrorize anyone <laughs> yeah see you should have done i mean i'll offer it to you again <laughs> uh, <laughs> um okay so 
You've got an absolutely world-class graphic designer with access to, you know, you, you're right. Remember the most gimmicky stuff from 90s mags? Yeah. In terms, you know, like weird fold-out things and like oh, scratch yeah. and sniff and things like that. All of that, you know, unlimited budget for that stuff. Um, but you're only paid 15 grand a year. Oof. But it could be physically the best magazine ever made. Like, if you're like, okay, for this article, yeah, and, you know, no request is too much. You mm-hmm. say to the, the layout people, like, you know, oh, every adjective on this page, can you have a little scratch and sniff panel, um, you know, with a scent that's appropriate? And they'll be like, of course, my liege. Well, the idea of being able to have, make like any, to make the ultimate magazine, I think would make me quite famous in magazine circles, which would be I mean, quite, that's, quite you satisfying still, for my ego. You still have to be good enough to do that. You have to come up with the ideas. Well, I These would. That's the thing. Are, like, I, I, you know, we never got to do that much fun stuff. You know what? I would actually take this deal. I think you'd be great. Yeah. I, I believe in you for what it's worth. Mm. Okay. So we're down to 15 grand now. Mm. And I've got two attempts left, yeah? Yeah. Your office from which you do this is a Baskin and Robbins ice cream place where the public isn't allowed in. Just you and your team of godlike designers. <laughs> The Alabaster Titan, who hasn't got a job, but is still on the premises. He serves the ice cream. <laughs> you know, like um, Prometheus, the aliens. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the big guys out of that. He's like one of them. Uh, do I have to pay for the ice cream? Um, no, the, the Titan shouts you at... He's increasingly central to this whole thing. <laughs> uh, He's where the money comes from. So I can make any game happen. I can make games happen, and I can also just have infinite ice cream. What's, what's How much am I pay, being paid for this? This is down to the big zero. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> I, mean, that is, I mean, that's really overestimating how much I like ice cream. <laughs> My man, free ice cream of any kind yeah, you like. Again, I have no salary. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need to eat. You can live there. <laughs> I can. Oh, I can. Oh, I can live in the offices. I just. I die so fast from just eating <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll throw in as well. Like you're nutritionally immune <laughs> to ice cream. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that really is sweetening the deal yeah zero pounds for just an infinite ice cream diet no repercussions i can make games just appear for sure okay and a final thing um right oh you like kojima don't you yeah he'll write a column for you um but you have to pay £200 a month out of your own pocket for him to do it. And he won't write about the Epic Store or Microtrack. He can write about whatever he damn well wants. But 
do I get to communicate with him? Uh, <laughs> or is this, is this one of those alabaster titan deals? <laughs> you can communicate via ticker tape that extrudes from the alabaster titan's mouth. <laughs> so you can write messages of up to a thousand characters. I mean, come on, that's really Kojima. He'd love that. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... This is a weird-ass magazine that has, like, infinite budget to do scratch-and-sniff adjectives, but I have to pay for my colonists out of my own pocket, and I'm being paid nothing, so yeah. I don't have any money. Well, I mean, I'm sure, to be honest, you'd find ways to make income in this situation. I'd, take out, I'd have to take out a loan from the bank, and imagine trying to explain to the bank what you needed the money for. <laughs> but do yeah, you know true. what Kojima is? Right, and you see this titan behind me. <laughs> uh, to I, be I think, honest, you know, I don't think I need Kojima, so I don't think I'm going to pay. But you would still write a magazine about the Epic Game Store and microtransactions for free. <laughs> well, I'm getting paid in ice cream. <laughs> That's how I see it. Astonishing. <laughs> Astonishing. <laughs> We've done it. Um, did either of us win? I think you won because you got me to actually pay, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Just, yes, and you've got to, yes, you're paying to subject the nation's children to your, to the demented fiction little universe of Need for Speed read by Anthony Hopkins. I really like that. We probably haven't got time for another one. Did you think of another one, though? Because I'd just be interested to, to hear what yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I had one about you were going to be interviewing Sid Meier on stage at EGX, but in the middle of the talk, you had to dunk him into some gunge by surprise and, like, really humiliate him. Oh, my goodness. I was this, going to ask uh, you how much to gunge Sid Meier. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's do that as our final, final piece on this, just the, the price, because that is... Make me an offer. Uh, five grand. I'm trying to work out if that would end my career or transcend it to a new level. <laughs> well, it's up to you how you play it afterwards. He'd be so angry. But no, he'd probably just be really hurt. That would well, that's disappoint it. He's a nice man. How much would it cost to gunge a nice, just innocent man? <laughs> Who hasn't deserved it? <laughs> and on stage as well, and people would be like, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do you think you're funny? That's, that's just bullying. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it for five grand. Ten grand. Mm. 40. 40? Yeah, I want the full Warhammer. 20. 28. I mean, 28 it's, grand it's later. arbitrary, for sure. So you'd gunge the legendary designer, Sid Meier, for, for, for 28 grand. You'd humiliate yeah. him. No, I'd just say to him afterwards, look, man, I know that was really rough, but Matthew Castle offered me 28,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I bet he'd understand. Said if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well. What an adventure. What a lovely time was had. Mm-hmm.
Okay, well, that brings us pretty much to the end of this episode 147, the Electronic Wireless Show, Matthew and Nate's Half-Fast Game Show Special. Um, we actually mentioned quite a few games there. We've never discussed a racing game before on this podcast. <laughs> so I think we did quite well there. Um, I, we've only got time now just for a, a recommendation each before we, uh, uh, we go back into our sleep pods and await Alice's return. Now, what are you going to recommend for us this week, Matthew? I'm going to recommend uh, a food stand in Bath. Called, okay. Called JC's Kitchen. Uh, they do excellent chicken and bubble and squeak. It's absolutely delicious. And the big exciting news in Bath is that they're on delivery now um, because it was always a bit of a uh, hit or miss whether the food stand would be in its usual location due to the weather. But now you can guarantee a delivery of JC's Kitchen to your house. I'm not sponsored by JC's Kitchen. I just really, really appreciate his chicken and his bubble and squeak. Um, obviously not much use if you live outside of Bath, but if you come to Bath, then you should, because it's lovely. That's a side recommendation. It's a lovely a lovely uh, city to visit. Um, check out JC's Kitchen. It's found, it's got a rather unappetizing address in that it, uh, it usually sets up on Bog Island. Um, Bog Island? Yeah, Bath's got a place called Bog Island because it used to have public toilets, um, but it doesn't anymore. But everyone calls it Bog Island. That's lovely. That's um, 100% what I'd call a, a toilet showroom. But I think if you went to Bath and found a local and went, where's Bog Island? Because that's where the food stand is. I think they'd be able to direct you there. But it doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make you really want to wolf down some bubble no, and squeak, does it? I'm going for some chicken at Bog Island. <laughs> Bubble and squeak. Still, I do like some BNS. That sounds good. Mm. Uh, I am going to recommend a website this week called Wondrium, um, which is uh, hilariously, I actually learned about it through one of those YouTube ads, which, and I just ignore YouTube ads 99% of the time, um, but it's hilarious because they're now getting one for free um, from me. Uh, it's Loads of lecture courses, video lectures that are put online, subscription service. Been listening to loads about uh, ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia, color theory. It's pretty good. Um, I'm learning lots. I do love old stone things. Uh, so, wondrium.com. Mm. And I think that about sums it up. Um, I should say. Uh, we're on the old Facebook and the old Twitter, um, or Rock Paper Shotgun is. Go and have a look for, for, for it there. <laughs> um, join our Discord. The Rock Paper Shotgun Discord has its own podcast channel uh, that has actually been maintaining active conversation for months upon months now. It's actually a community. Come and join it. It's pleasant. Yeah, it's nice. Um, we participate in everything. Um, the Alabaster Titan's not there, but he might be. Um, uh, give us a rating or a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Tell your friends. And please, please, please do tweet about the podcast uh, because I'm desperate to see people use our official hashtags 
which are Big Oats, Fat Blood, and Shergar's Heart Squad. <laughs> um, don't forget, of course, you can get a Cavern of Lies T-shirt now <clears throat> at the RPS merch store, uh, which I am going to confess I can't remember the URL of. Um, but Alice will tell you next week. And, uh, for, of course, for all your PC gaming needs, head on over to uh, www.rockpapershotgun.com. And uh, I think that just about cooks the turkey for us. So it's goodbye from me. And uh, it's goodbye from Matthew. Goodbye. And it is goodbye from the Alabaster Titan. <laughs>